Today's podcast is brought to you by 2Before. 2Before is an all-natural pre-workout made from New Zealand blackcurrants. For those who aren't familiar, blackcurrants are berries that have been shown to help increase vasodilation, reduce inflammation, and improve recovery, meaning that you'll get the most out of the work you're putting in and will bounce back from training quicker. This product is research-backed and benefit-packed. It is made from three simple ingredients and available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. 2Before can fit into any training schedule. 2Before is Inform Sports certified and is currently used by teams in the NFL, NBA, NCAA, and Olympic teams across the U.S. I have found great value from using 2Before in my everyday training, and I personally feel very energized and ready to attack the day's work after having 2Before, and also feel some reduction in inflammation and the recovery benefits that I talked about previously. If you're ready to see improvements in your performance, I highly recommend trying out 2Before today. And my friends over at 2Before have this awesome offer where you can get a sample pack for only $8.99 online at 2Before.com. And it is also available on Amazon. That is 2Before with the number 2 with the word before.com. Again, the number 2 with the word before.com. I've also left a link to it in the show notes. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Running Effect podcast with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and if you have not already done so, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Doing so takes between five and ten seconds and helps us out exponentially. And then also something all of you guys can do is share today's episode or the podcast in general with someone you know who you think would find benefit from it. Today on the podcast, I have the great privilege of speaking with the 2022-2023 Gatorade Boys Cross Country Player of the Year, Daniel Simmons. I'm sure many of you guys are familiar with him. Daniel is an absolute stud. He's definitely the fastest junior in the country at the moment. So far this year, he's run 834 in the 3200. Last fall on the grass, he placed second at NXN and ultimately went on to win the Gatorade Boys Cross Country Player of the Year. And honestly, you know, anytime Daniel steps on a track or on the grass, he's looking to make history in some form. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Daniel. He's so fun to talk to. It was really enjoyable hearing about his you know, journey in the sport, as well as his ambitions for the coming months and years. Uh, Daniel will be racing the Brooks PR meet this upcoming week where he'll look to chase after history and chase after that two-mile national record that's held by Lucas Versbikas, which I believe is 829. And I think Daniel says in the podcast he wants to go at least 825. So make sure to watch out for that one. Uh, Really looking forward to see him throw down in Seattle. So without further ado, I hope you all enjoy my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Daniel Simmons. Daniel Simmons, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing pretty great. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun Saturday so far. So you told me before this interview started that you had your long run this morning. What's the go-to long run spot in Utah if you could pick? That's a good question. We, so um, m- me personally, we don't go, like on my team, we don't go anywhere. Usually we just kind of go from our high school and go several different routes that my coach has mapped out throughout the year. But I'd have to say my my favorite one is down in Provo, Utah. It's on this river trail, and you just kind of you start at the BYU um, campus, and then go run down the like main street and get on this river trail right next to the Provo River, and you can follow it all the way out to another road where you take the road and it takes you out to the Utah Lake, and just it's just fun. 
I think you are very, I know you're very blessed to live in Utah because the routes I hear on the podcast from people who live in Utah, I'm like, I'm jealous on the other side of the mic. So what's it like uh, growing up and living in an incredible place that is like undoubtedly one of the best states to run in? Uh, I mean, so I actually, I grew up here for the first 10 years of my life, um, but then I moved to Idaho, um, but then I moved back this past year. So I'd have to say uh, it's it's kind of, you take it for granted until you realize and, you know, you travel around that, like, this is actually super cool and there's, like, really good places to run and, you know, so it's uh, it's really fun, you know. The weather stays really nice kind of year-round so you can run outside all the time and you don't have to worry about, you know, super cold or, like, super, super hot. Um, so it's pretty great. What's the, what's the go-to Daniel Simmons post-long run breakfast or brunch? that's a really good one so um my my dad so he's he's super into nutrition and uh and dietary stuff and he, he loves experimenting and making like good foods that are like healthy and delicious and so one of my favorite smoothies that he's made forever is uh we it, we call it the chocolate banana smoothie so there's bananas um we put honey uh vanilla flavoring um peanut butter um, cocoa, like a little bit of this cacao cocoa powder, and it's just super good. So lots of calories, you know, get that little protein in the peanut butter. And then, uh, so that's the smoothie. And then I love pancakes and uh, probably oatmeal. Oatmeal is actually one of my favorite breakfasts. Oatmeal is one of the best foods on earth, not just breakfast. <laughs> I feel like there's so many different things you can do with it. But you just spoke about your dad, so might as well bring up the parents here. I feel like to get to where you're at today, it probably wouldn't have been possible without their support. And specifically, I didn't know, you know, he was into nutrition and helps you out in that way. But what's it like to have uh, involved parents who are uh, equally as passionate as you are about your success and your excellence within this sport? Oh, they're so, they're very important to me. You know, they, uh, they help me, you know, when I have those bad days and I'm just like, dang, uh, I don't know what's going on. They just like, you know, help me bring me back into the like reality of where we're at, you know, you know, something might be going on emotionally or, you know, it's been going through heavy training and, uh, I couldn't do it. Cause like they, they keep me going in uh, morning runs, you know, they wake me up when I uh, forget to set my alarm and, uh, they make, they make the best foods for me. Uh, you know, I'm just, it's, it's crazy. You know, I, I don't think anything I've been able to do this past year or like, in any of my running career could have been done without them so it's pretty it's pretty uh unique and i feel super blessed by it people who have listened to me long enough will have heard me say this saying like so many times they're probably sick of hearing it but you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with how do you feel like that relates to you in your own life Uh, not just in running but also in life with surrounding yourself with incredible people and i think we can get into this a little later in the show but with Mm -hmm. american fork and their culture of excellence they're excellent all the time because they're excellent all the time. Like the guys like four years ago were excellent because of the guys four years ago. And those guys were excellent because of the guys four years ago, if that makes sense, because they were all surrounded by excellence. So naturally any incoming freshman is like, oh, I know what it takes to be great. And they're surrounded by greatness. So naturally they're going to become great. Um, so I just kind of ran a circle around that. But hopefully that makes sense. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So for sure, you know, the my coach is really good on this, you know, topic of just being like, you've got to, you've got to 
to be the best, you've got to train the best. You know, to to race fast, you've got to. Or no, let's see. There's there's a quote he always says. It's like to to race hardcore, you have to train hardcore. Um, so you know, we all we kind of it's 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 definitely easier with a team that everyone's just like you know what it's time to go let's do this like we're in the zone we're having fun uh after it's gonna be you know some some jokes we're gonna we're gonna laugh and uh stretch <laughs> stay focused i love that a few weeks ago was states for you take me through this performance and also is it weird being in a state where the state meets a little earlier, like I feel like I've been like on my phone looking at state results because a lot of the states have um have their state meet this weekend in Ohio where I live. Our state meet is uh, next weekend, so it's funny. Like Utah does a little early, so uh, take me through that performance. I think the state meet here and the state meet in Idaho are in very similar time frames. So I don't know. I, I didn't really. I haven't really known a, any other difference of time wise. So I could. I guess there's not really a. A, an opinion there on the, the time but to to walk you through it i think the so the main goal going into state was to um to win so like i wanted to obviously i wanted fast times but you know the team my team this year was actually like going into it we were we were ranked really well to win it or you know place top three and we did we ended up taking third overall um so i just went in kind of wanting to to play tactics and play time as well because you never know if it's going to be you know the last one before an injury or something but you know we try and play smart but um so yeah i guess the the two mile ended up getting away with the with the win there i ran a basically the same time i ran uh two weeks earlier at the byu invitational so it was a really good race i think and then we got a little day break in between, so we raced the two mile on Thursday, and got a day break on Friday for the other schools to uh, do their qualifiers and stuff. And then on Saturday morning, I raced the mile, and that one was a little scary, but I, I ended up getting away with the W again. Um, we went out a little, a little conservative, um, and so came down to like uh big moves on with the half mile to go and with you know the the quarter mile to go and so but it was it was a it was a really fun race <laughs> something i feel like many of my listeners can't relate to is the fact that majority of your races honestly are at altitude and i know it's not oh. at like super high altitude but it's enough where every single time you run is going to be converted <laughs> and like you, yeah. you're going to feel a difference, right? There's a difference between sea level Arcadia and running a 3200 at BYU. So can you take me through this element? Cause I'm very curious having never ran or raced at altitude, like the differences and is there any different strategy or how you approach it? Like, is it different or is it pretty much the same? Um, no, yeah, there's definitely a different approach to it. Cause uh, for me, I've noticed that when you're up here at elevation, the burn in the lungs is like a lot, a lot hotter and a lot drier uh, compared to down at sea level. And so you you want to go into the race kind of the first laps. You you want to play it conservative because as soon as you start feeling the burn and feeling the pain within your lungs and your heart, it, it's like really hard to to turn over and keep going the same pace. And so. Uh, most of the races that I do up here at elevation, I try and save for the, I save a kick for like the half mile mark or, um, like, you know, a quarter mile or something like that so that I can, I, I'll feel, 
I'll feel the super bad pain for like a minimal more amount of time rather than just the the whole the whole race. <laughs> Is it nice having this little break between state and now just to kind of put your head down, get some good training in and not really worry about racing for a little while? It is. I think I think racing brings out the best, but it also can like uh, it can really tear you down if you if you're doing it too often. And so I think I really needed this break from racing because it was, you know, I was hitting every weekend trying to trying to do the best I could. And uh, I just I was just kind of getting a little tucked tucked tuckered out in my uh, in my legs. And I think having this just past weekend, I was like, oh, I feel I feel great now, you know, like and so. I think yeah, it's super helpful to uh, take a little, like racing break. I don't know if I would call it a training break. I'm still trying to <laughs> get in crazy shape. shape. Yeah. Earlier this season, I think a race a lot of people know you for so far this year is the Arcadia Invitational, where not only did you run 8:34 and almost come away with the win, Simeon did a classic, <laughs> Simeon what he does. Uh, but you, yeah, you took a lot of that race and you made that race happen. Um, when the pace was slowing, you took it up and you could see it, man. Like you were in pain <laughs> when you took the lead. You could see it oh, in yeah. your face. So take me through this uh, really incredible effort, 834, early season 3200 at Arcadia against the best guys in the country. Yeah. Um, so going into that, I uh, I was I was planning for uh, 830. You know, that was the goal is as close to going under 830 as possible. And so... Uh, but I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be in the lead, you know, wasting mental energy, um, trying to push the pace and maintain the pace. And so I, I planned to, uh, take off with, with, um, 900, 900 to 800 meters to go. Um, so that I could close, you know, hopefully under two minutes in, in the 800, but I, I miscount, I miscounted the laps and took off with, uh, 13, 1300 to go instead but i i think it actually helped me a ton because it kind of shook me out of this you know like i was starting to like do this like go back from the pack and then catch back up and then back and catch up and and so i was like you know what we're just gonna go and so i moved up to the front and it hurt but like it was kind of necessary to to uh get back in the the motion of wanting to win and and race a fast time Talking about American Fork a little bit, you walked us through living in Utah until you were 10, moving to Idaho, and then and moving back. Um, I think that's God's timing right there, because <laughs> when you started to just pop off, I feel like it was within this past year. And uh, for those who don't know, you know, American Fork has just the richest history of success within running with guys like Casey Klinger, and the list goes on and on and on of prestigious yeah. guys who have ran there before. So take me through uh, what it means to be a part of that program and how much it's shaped you, not only as an athlete, but also as a human being. I have to say, you know, moving here, the, the biggest notice or the biggest change that I noticed was in Idaho. I didn't run with my team, like most of my teammates, we didn't run together very often. Um, but as soon as I moved here, you know, I had like six or seven, there's a lot of guys that, you know, were just comfortable running the same things that I was doing. And so it was like, it was a mental refresh because running alone is, is, is kind of brutal. There's, there's good parts to it, but you know, you burn. I feel like you burn out a lot faster when you're training alone, and and having that team there helped me, helped me get kind of re reignite a spark of wanting to, uh, build and and be best, be the best I can, and um, and then you know on top of that, <laughs> everybody wants to be, 
everybody wants to be great there, you know. So we had team goals, we had individual goals, and we all like helped each other trying to reach individual goals so that we could reach the big team goals. And and it just helped a lot, you know. The tradition of you know everybody come to practice on time, everybody you know eat right, sleep right, hydrate. That's my coach's favorite line after practice. You know, just gotta you wanna. You want to live life, but you want to live it so that you can be healthy and and uh, do what you love the most. You know, it's like you can live freely, but like you want to live freely enough to where you're not burdened by you know suffering. Before we get too deep into this conversation, I want to put a pause in it and go back in the day. Take me through how little Daniel got started in the sport of running and what your first impressions of the sport were. Okay, so like the very beginning of my running career started off actually in like third third grade maybe fourth grade um at my elementary school you could so there's this club called the miles club and at recess or at lunchtime you could run around this grass field and every lap you'd get like a or like a certain amount of laps you get like a little treat or a little toy and uh i was really intrigued by that and so i, I definitely wanted to be participants in that and so I definitely did that, and I found out that I was like I was pretty good at running, and and uh, I set some records on how many laps you could do in a in a in one recess, and got some cool awards at my elementary school for for doing that, and so I thought it was really fun. And then when I moved to Idaho, I officially started training with like a a, a middle school team in sixth grade, and it was really fun in sixth grade because. But you go to these big meets where there's tons of people, and I didn't really care about racing all that much. So me and my my little friends would just go and goof off and play, you know, in the forest or you know just have fun. And then my seventh grade year, things started to uh, escalate, and I uh, I started winning races. I didn't love running a ton, but I I won I won races, and so that kind of like kept me kept me in the sport a lot more, and. And so that was kind of the beginning, and I didn't really truly start to love running for running until my freshman year of high school. Um, I had my brother who was a senior, and I was a freshman, and we ran together, and I think he helped me a lot become, you know, more in love with the sport rather than, you know, winning or, you know, competing. So, At what point did it go from you merely participating in the sport to you actually realizing that you had this extreme gift and talent and work ethic for it that could really take you to the next level and be one of the best guys in the country? Like what was that flipping and turning point? I think it was in seventh grade. Um, I, I had this one race where I started off in like the very back of the, the, the whole, there was like 200 kids in the race and I started off towards the back of it and i just had this like feeling inside me i was like no you you can still win this like you got this dude and and so like i just kind of started pushing and i could see the leaders and they were like you know probably 100 200 meters in front of me and i was just like huh i i think i could catch him and so throughout the race i just you know slowly picked him off and by the end it was just me and one other dude and we had a sprint off and i i got him at the line and so i think that was the big race where i was like wow I guess I am pretty good. I'm pretty good at running, I think. <laughs> a lot of guys in the country right now, uh, Lex and Leo, I think are at the forefront of it, have been known 
since they were like freshmen. Like everyone talked about Lex and Leo for like yeah. the past few years, and there are other athletes like Lex and Leo who are kind of in the similar limelight of just being like in the news twenty four seven since they were freshmen. Do you think that's kind of helped you not being in the limelight? Like it, it seems like last fall was the first time that people started. That was the first time I heard the name Daniel Simmons, and I like follow the sport super closely. Do you think that almost helped you in your progression as an athlete, not having that pressure or that spotlight on you? I think for sure, yeah. I I mean, like, there's fun that comes with, like, people knowing your name, but, like, I definitely believe that, you know, the pressure of other people, when they put it on you, you, you can ignore it, but it's still there. And so I think it helped me a ton not have to worry about uh, performing. Because there were some races where I just, you know, I flopped and just like totally choked and and just failed. And I think if there was like a ton of spotlight on me, it would have just kind of maybe ended my uh, my my desire to be the best and to run as fast as possible. And so uh, I think, yeah, I mean, spotlights are cool, but you know, just keep working in the shadows. <laughs> So this past cross-country season, you ended up being the Gatorade National Boys Cross-Country Player of the Year. Last summer, if I would have told you that this would have happened, would you have believed me and believed that all the success you experienced in the fall would have happened? My uh, my hopes for going and, and uh, winning NXN started like back in seventh grade, you know. And so leading up to uh, my junior, you know, the this, this summer season of my junior year, that was that was definitely my belief that I'd be able to be as, you know, out there and, and taken as close to a dove as I can. And so, no, I don't think I would be very surprised. <laughs> I love that. So I, I guess a question for you, many kids want to win NXN every year. If you have the work ethic and if you have the talent to do so, but even fewer have a coach who's done it before. How cool is that to have kind of that, like, oh, I know what this guy tells me to do. It's, it's worked before. Like, of course I'm going to do it. Um, no, yeah, that, that, that brings – that has brought me a lot of confidence in, um, you know, performing as well. Like, knowing that, like, this training might not seem like the typical training that I've done in the past – uh, but it, it's it's obviously worked several times in the past. My coach has got tons of experiments or experience with uh, like years of 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 learning of what works best with every athlete, and uh, it's um it's pretty it's pretty special knowing what can be done. So it's pretty cool. Before we get into NXN, I want to talk about you breaking course records in each of your last six races <laughs> and that ended up culminating in an individual state title championship take me through those you don't have to go through like each individual of the last six but just like the string of just ridiculousness i'd have to say that because so in the beginning of the season i actually i got beat by two um by two utah people that were that are super fast i love them they're homies you know but they beat me by a, a pretty large gap you know i think the so I got third place and the first placer was like 20, 20 seconds in front of me. And the third place or the second placer was like 19 or 18 seconds in front of me. And so I was like, holy crap, I've got some work to do. <laughs> so I think that just kind of helped me get, get ready to start cruising. And, um, uh, you know, my team, we, we didn't perform very well at that race either. So, uh, we were all like, 
let's do this. And so we all had the, the grind mindset on. And so we just started working really hard and putting forth as much effort as possible. And so those sixth race, those six consecutive races of breaking records were just kind of like, sweet. We did it. Uh, we're, we're aiming for, we're aiming for NXL. We're aiming for NXN. You know, these are just little victories that we can, we can say are cool, but, uh, um, it was, it was kind of fun, you know, state was actually the, the big goal. So, um, I had, there was like a few people that I hadn't raced yet this season. And so I was just trying to, uh, you know, race as fast as I could to, you know, maybe scare them a little bit, see, tell them what's up. Um, uh, I just want to, want to race as fast as possible as well. So it's, uh, kind of just me putting forth everything I could. A week or two later, you ended up winning the NXR Southwest title. And mm-hmm. I know you said going into the season, you wanted to win the NXN championship. But just mm-hmm. being honest with you, I feel like you weren't on many people's radars at all. So you placing second was like considered monumental. Like yeah. I remember seeing kids being like, who's Daniel Simmons? <laughs> so take me through this performance and just like your overall thoughts and mindset on it and how the race played out and also the nature of it where it was the most stacked field we've ever seen in NXN history. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it was kind of scary. I mean, I loved that we got to preview the course the day before. So like Friday, we got to go and run the course. And I think that really helped settle some nerves because I was like, wow, I actually really love this course. There's there's some like really big trees and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of what the plan was to just, you know, race as smart as possible and, you know, try and catch them when they're tired. It was like kind of my mindset. and And then like, when you're tired, nobody cares. Just go. <laughs> um, so, at the start of the race, um, I think I, I I personally believe that like I had a really really good start off the finish line because I was watching the starter instead of listening for the gun, and I saw the smoke before I heard the the gunshot, and so I was able to you know take a step before anybody next to me on the left or right had. So I had a little uh, I had a really uh, confident start, which helped me, I think, at, towards the middle of the race. But, you know, that start was so blistering fast. Um, I kind of got swallowed for the first half mile. But, you know, I still didn't go through. Like, I went through really, like, at, at a good time. So I wasn't worried about it. Um, I think the second mile is where I got, like, the, going from mile one to mile two is where I got some, you know, I was like, uh-oh. Cause the, there was like the, the very lead pack that kind of separated from everybody. And there's just kind of some no man's land and a few, a few individuals that were like strung out through it. And I was just like, all right, just, just, you know, focus on, focus on your effort. You know, we're going to, you're going to try your reel them in uh, smoothly. You're not going to try and do it all in this one mile, but you gotta, you got to do something. So it was kind of scary because they were still quite a ways in front of me with like, uh, you know, a mile to go, half mile to go. And, and so I was like, I was getting a little nervous, but uh, towards the, the 1K mark, I kind of, I kind of saw Leo was like super far in front of even the, like the front head pack. And so I was like, oh man, I don't know if I can win it today, sadly, but 
And so I kind of let off the gas, but then with a half mile to go, I just was like, no, we got this, we're going. And so I, I took off again with a, with like a little surge and a, a form of a kick in a way and um, started reeling in, you know, uh, seventh place, eighth place, and then um, kind of going up to the, the last two like bunker hills. I caught um, sixth place and fifth place and, and it was just Tyrone, Aaron, Noah Breaker and Leo in front of me left. And so I was like, oh, it's right there. Let's get it. <laughs> you know, I saw Aaron taking off. I was like, oh, shoot. I don't know if I can catch him. But um, I just wanted to, you know, floor it. You know, there was like a quarter mile left and I was just ready to start kicking all out. But I saved it for those two, after those two hills. You know, I kind of regulated up them and then floored it as soon as I got after it and, and uh, closed got got the second place and i was like <laughs> a few weeks later you ended up winning the gatorade national boys cross country player of the year for 2022 2023 were you expecting this and how much did it mean to you to ultimately win it i you know i was like you know there's there's one i could only think of one scenario where i won it you know i was like i don't know what uh you know aaron salman's grades or community service looks like but if if uh, he beat me at NXN, but if, you know, the, the t if for some reason, you know, I was close enough to him at NXN, you know, I was far enough in front of Tyrone and Cole Matisse in that, like, you know, that's the one scenario where I could, I could potentially get it. And so I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I was like, I'll keep a little, a little beacon of hope in me, you know, if I can, but I'm not going to be upset if I don't, you know, Aaron had a a super race at NXN and kick butt, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, getting it, I was like, wow, this is to like, I was actually kind of unexpecting it. Like I was not quite expecting it where I got it, you know? Um, so it was, I don't know. It feels pretty special. Definitely. Like I, I was just like super surprised and uh, didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. <laughs> Where's the trophy at right now? Um, it, so they made two, one for my school and one for me. So it's just sitting in my bedroom on my dresser. <laughs> when you look at that, does that motivate you all the more to attack that day of training to hopefully come back and win NXN this next year? For sure. You know, like... The thing about the awards is like, you know, those they're 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 in the past. Um, you know, you could throw them away and nobody would like nobody would notice like this it's the past everyone's looking for the present and the future. So like uh, you're not done. <laughs> keep keep working. <laughs> looking ahead to the rest of this season, what are you looking to do? I know you're running at Brooks in the 3200. Mm -hmm. Connor I think said off air in one of our podcasts. So I'm going to expose Connor here. Um, not bad. He just said, I was asking about, like, do you think you'll have a chance to go up to the, the two-mile record or 3,200 record? And he's like, some conversations have been taking place about trading laps with a few guys, and your name was brought up there. So mm -hmm. what are we looking to do in the coming weeks? So I I don't really have a top bar goal, but I know, so, like, I set some minimum standard goals. Um, I don't know if I'll get them. I really hope I do. But the minimum time goals are, uh, I'm trying to get 825 it at brooks and then you know that's the minimum and the you know the top goal is win so like 
winning could be much faster than 825. So uh, that's that's the Brooks. And then I'll be going to New Balance as well. For I'll do the two mile. I don't know. It's it's on Friday. So Brooks is on Wednesday, and then New Balance is on uh, the two miles on Friday. Um, we'll see how that one plays out. I think I'll try and formulate a plan of how to race it after I realize how I feel after Brooks. New Balance. I'm also running the mile on Saturday, so I wanna I wanna break four. Big week of racing. You think you can break four after? <laughs> <laughs> two thirty-two hundreds, two mile, and in, in like three days. That's wild. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think, I think, uh, depending on how I uh, I want it to to go, my body will my body will respond. Hey, one thing I've learned: never put it past Daniel Simmons to do something <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> so I, I'm not I'm not calling you out. I I wouldn't be surprised if you do these things. Um, speaking of this 3200 at Brooks, I mean the field is absolutely remarkable. You Connor, I mean it's basically Arcadia yeah. 2.0 uh, with a few extra plus guys. Tyrone. Yeah, plus Tyrone. Yeah, What would it mean to you to not only win that race but set your first national record? You know, I feel like you've done <laughs> incredible things in your career, but. Um, you haven't set a national record yet. Not that like you're expected to, but it is something that you'll forever have on your name if you do it. What would that mean to do? Especially Lucas versus Bikas. I mean, that's a legendary record that many people have gone after and failed. So what would that mean to you? I think it'd be really special. Um, I just know that like if I do end up winning and I do end up getting it, you know, I, I didn't do it alone. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that, you know, this was my doing. I didn't, I don't think I've done any of the, the only thing I've done is, you know, followed the plan that's been put in my mind and given to me through friends and family in my heart, you know, just following what what is placed there. And uh, so I think if it's, you know, if it's destiny, um, it'll I'll be totally uh, acceptable of whatever occurs. And I'm I'm really excited because, you know, I don't think it's going to go bad. I don't think it's going to I don't think there can be a negative outcome at that race so i'm i'm pretty i'm really excited factually most people who come on the podcast i'm not even joking race better after the fact i'm not sure if it's karma or <laughs> whatever but drew bosley comes on the podcast he breaks the 3k national record dylan <laughs> jacobs comes on the podcast he wins his first indoor national title uh yasin abdallah comes on the podcast he runs like the number six all time in the 3k like um professionals have made olympic teams after coming on the podcast for the first time so 825 bro 820 after the podcast <laughs> oh yeah let's do it <laughs> Something people love hearing about on the podcast is the people's workouts, specifically when they throw out times like this. Top workouts right now that indicate to you that you're in this kind of shape. Uh, not necessarily like 825 shape, but in shape to go out on that type of pace. So I actually haven't done a speed workout yet this week because my hamstring was kind of acting up. I, I was doing some, I was playing spike ball at the state tournament after my races, and I did some like squat movements that I haven't done for a long time and it irritated uh, a deeper muscle in my hamstring so we kind of skipped out on doing our interval workouts this week but today this long run I went pretty I went pretty hard on it so we started uh, we always do a warm-up mile at like seven minute pace and then immediately I dropped down to six minute pace and then so that I went the six-minute pace the whole way out, and then on the way back, I didn't run a mile slower than 5.30. And then 
the last two miles were both at five minute pace. So Jeez. I was just, and it felt really smooth and really like I was like in control and focused and I wasn't breathing hard, but I, like, I was obviously like, <sighs> you know, it was like, I had like this, uh, metronome breathing rhythm. and it was like flowing with the yeah, rhythm with my steps and it just felt so good and i was just like wow okay this feels super good i'm i'm feeling like excited and confident in my my legs you know my body my strength <clears throat> what about so, oh, what, oh, no, what about a track workout this season like any point this season thus far oh. that like you surprised yourself and you're like geez i'm i'm ready to do some pretty special things we don't do a ton of anaerobic work we try and stick around um, threshold, um, but there was one one k workout that we did, um, kind of in the middle of the season, like after Arcadia, that uh, I think I I threw down like a two thirty nine or something, and it like it was it was based off a of kick simulations, like the first first five hundred to six hundred meters were like right at. Um, like 14 14 30 pace and then i i picked it up a gear and picked it up again into full sprint towards the end and it was it felt really good and i was like this is sick <laughs> do you ever look at any of casey's old workouts and and compare yourself to some of the things he was doing back in the day or are the workouts different enough now where you don't really do that or you just don't want to um they're actually they're basically very very identical to uh what casey was doing um I'm trying to remember. So most of the splits that him and Patrick Parker and McKay Johns were, you know, the threesome that worked together, they were, uh, they, so they pushed each other a little fast sometimes, I think. Um, so some workouts that we've been doing, you know, my coach is like, well, when Casey was here, they were going a little faster, but you know, that was, they didn't end up, they didn't end up racing that fast, like, or they didn't end up racing that pace that they were training. And so, and then there's some workouts where I've been faster and, and it was, it was pretty cool, but no, I don't really compare a ton just cause I don't want to, I don't want to kill any feeling of happiness, you know, <laughs> two final questions for you. Uh, one, I don't ask most people cause it directly relates to you and one that I ask every single guest. First question that relates to you is, um, in your exemplary character kind of paragraph on the, on the Gatorade website, it's stated that you're an accomplished actor and singer elaborate on this. <laughs> Okay. Um, so back in uh, middle school, uh, my brother. So my brother was in high school, and I was in middle school. And he he tried out for the performing arts in our uh, at our little school, and he was you know he was he was drafted and and was one of the characters that performed you know a lot on the stage. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. And so. I did it my seventh grade year, and um, it was pretty fun. I mean, I uh, I didn't I didn't get any like main character roles or anything, but like you know, I sang with like little groups of people, and that did acting um, just for my like there was a, so I performed in uh, the play called The Newsies, and then um, I think COVID hit the next year. My eighth grade year was a COVID year, so we did a. We did a like a Zoom, a Zoom call play. <laughs> so like we were all on camera, and we, you know, sang as groups, and we said our lines, and it was kind of fun. Um, I don't know how many people saw it, but you know, it was still kind of fun. Um, and then 
Uh, I didn't like so I I kept it around, but like I didn't take it as seriously because running was starting to get a little bit more serious. But it was pretty fun while it lasted. <laughs> Final question: I ask every single guest if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? That's okay. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know if he'd like anything that I that I cook. Um, <laughs> I eat a lot of pasta and rice, so I'd probably make him uh, maybe like a. Uh, so we have this thing; it's like a burrito bowl. It's just the all the materials that are in a burrito, just without the tortilla. So you know, we'd do some rice, beans, pico, guac, and then cilantro. You know lettuce and then the, we have this other we add paprika and it's pretty it's, it slaps gas it's gas back right there <laughs> well daniel an absolute pleasure doing this podcast looking forward to uh seeing you and cheering you on in seattle in the coming weeks and uh keep crushing, man. hey this has been awesome i love love talking with you okay daniel that- Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I don't take your time for granted, and I hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself. Make sure you're following the podcast, have given us a five-star review, and consider sharing with a friend. Through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out. Generally, we release two to three episodes per week, so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly. I hope you're running and life is going well. Guys, keep chasing mastery, and I will catch you in next episode.